Inherently Happy, episode 185, Happy Control. First, the happy creed. We believe in happy, in balance and growth, of being mindful and grateful, compassionate and understanding. Yowza my happy friends. If you were a fly on the wall in my room, you might notice that I talk regardless of the fact that I'm alone. But you'd be wrong to conclude that I talk to myself. I don't talk to myself. That would be crazy. I talk by myself. Or, more accurately, I talk to my future self. It's still not the same thing as me being all like, Hi, how are you? to myself, and then me also answering, Fine, thanks for asking, how are you? When I know full well how I am without having to ask. No, what I do is remind my future self of things I'm thinking of now. And while, yes, I do walk around the room by myself, speaking out loud from time to time, it's to work through ideas and not to ask how I'm doing. I know how I'm doing. I'm me. And even if I were to get distracted or not connect with how I am at any particular time, I still wouldn't need to formally ask myself out loud when I can just silently think it to myself. How are you doing? Well, you know, now that you ask, I have been feeling a little strange lately. Strange how? Good or bad? I'm not sure. That is strange. I mean, those kinds of conversations would be crazy if I wasn't a writer. See, I'm not crazy. I'm professional. I'm not obsessed. I'm disciplined, dedicated, passionate, but definitely not crazy. Crazy people have no control. I have nothing but control. I am a veritable control freak, but not in a crazy way. Not in a mean way, either. I aim for happy control. A steady but relaxed grasp on balance and growth. If I can change something that needs changing, I will. And if I can't change something, then I'll learn to make my peace with it. Like, I can make a podcast, but I can't choose how it is received. So if I were to ask myself, Hi, so what do you think about this podcast episode? And then I were to reply, Well, I thank you for asking. I think it's a good episode, but I'd love for you to dig deeper. Thanks. Wait, what? Deeper? They're reminders to find balance and growth. What depth is needed? It's not meant to be mysterious. In fact, its obviousness is kind of the thing about it. It's self-evident that we're inherently happy and seek balance and growth. I mean you. You go deeper. You've done it before, a little, talking about anecdotes and stuff from our lives, but really get to the root. Do the harder work. You've done it before. It's just been a while. What while? I am self-reflecting every week for these, for years now. What work do you mean? I'm bearing my heart and soul here. You're dwelling. You're turning past bad events into cautionary tales. And while there's nothing wrong with that per se, especially due to the fact that the format you've chosen brands them as reminders, but you know you can also make a lesson from a triumph. In fact, choosing to be triumphant as you go about your life can help your life. And it's not blind optimism, it's a viewpoint. 
that even if things don't go your way, you'll keep going. So instead of talking about that time, that person you trusted was so mean to you that you'll never trust anyone ever again. I never said I don't trust. I'm just wary. Withdrawn, Your Honor? Just try rewriting the failures as successes and see what lessons that affords. Huh. Well, you could have led with that. Okay. I could rewrite those times my friends betrayed me when I needed them the most and make them support me instead. Betrayed, though? Yes, betrayed. If someone kicks you when you're down, how is that anything but a betrayal of friendship, of kindness, of decency? Kicks you, though? Are you really the victim of physical assault? Let's count them off. First, our grandma dies. Two weeks later, our dad dies. Then, we have to postpone his funeral for a wedding because we're in the wedding party and dad would have wanted me to stand, wanted us to stand up for our friend. The same friend who then proceeded to cockblock us from the bridesmaid we were hitting it off with when he already had the bride. Then another friend yells at us for not telling her of the deaths in the family before the wedding, like we really wanted to get into that before we had to. Then, right after the funeral, yet another friend cock blocks us again. He didn't do it again, but it happened again. From a girl that could have been a great match and could have helped cure our heart. But everyone was so selfish and jealous, they made everything a million times worse. So how do I rewrite it? Do grandma and dad both live? Those weren't choices. Oh, okay. So just the no cock blocking or yelling at us then. Cock blocking though, weren't you still a virgin at the time? Yeah, we were, so I wanted a girlfriend first, not just a one night stand. I remember. Let's call it date blocking then. If whatever. Okay, so in the rewrite, friends one and three don't date block me, and friend two doesn't yell at me. I have a great time with everyone and I'm healed. We're healed. And maybe I even get a little romance out of it. You don't know if it worked out, if it would have worked out. No one knows, but we would have still had those three friends. Well, the second one apologized, didn't she? Yeah, no, that's true. I know, after a fashion. And I forgave her. But the event still remains a contributing aspect of... The five tragedies. Because during that two-week period, I lost, in whole or in part, the support of five friends. Two for dying, not their fault, and three for unbelievably poor decisions. And of the five, I only remained friends with one of them. So even if instead of five tragedies, it was just a tragic two made bearable by the support of my magic three friends, who in this new version went above and beyond the call of friendship to support me when I needed it the most. No, not above and beyond, just absolute par. The least a friend can do when tragedy strikes. And then, then there was also the inexplicably failed date four days before grandma died. 
We were hitting it off so well, too, this girl and I. I took her out for her birthday. We went to see a show because she's a singer. We were having a great time. And then at the restaurant afterwards, when she came back from the bathroom, she suddenly had none of the same interest she had before going in. What the hell happened in there? So that date would also get a rewrite. But still, I, I don't see how this is a lesson. The tragic five, now tragic six, become the tragic two, and the magic four in the rewrite. I, what have we learned? I don't know. To be open and receptive to good things. Don't try to control everything. Just because things went badly, you don't need to blame everyone. When even if things had gone well, they may not have lasted or worked out in the end anyway. So don't be so fatalistic. Do do you think I'm a pessimist? I don't know, but would an optimist ask that question? I'm a realist. I hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. You prepare for the worst, all right. And hope for the best. Which you doubt will ever come to pass. Well... I can only go by what I see. You're not going to hold that against me. It's not the world that needs forgiveness from you. It's you who needs it from yourself. You're only a victim if you choose to wallow. Otherwise, you're a survivor. That's the lesson. Stop blaming. Stop trying to force the narrative into some grand series of tragic events when there were merely things that happened that you are blowing way out of proportion. Let a little balance and growth seep in and give you a sense of happy control, which is a steady but light grip. No white knuckles. Stop beating everyone up about it. But most of all, yourself. Either survive and thrive to be alive or regret and dread to be dead. Yeah, okay. Thanks. No problem. Sometimes you just have to laugh and be amazed that you even exist. Ha ha. Yowza.